Thank you for tuning in to the Educational Leadership Podcast. We are meeting with educational leaders from around the great state of Texas. Hear their stories and gain insights into educational leadership. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of the Educational Leadership Podcast. We have another very special guest. Before we introduce our guest, we want to give a shout out to our co-host, Corinne French. Yay! So excited to be here today as usual. Yes, yes. Very exciting. And we we have a uh, unique guest today. We're, we're going a little bit different direction on the podcast about adding additional value to school districts. And we're going to get into exactly what that looks like. We, we do want to share or give a shout out to our sponsor before we get started, Ideal Impact. Ideal Impact's given hundreds of millions of dollars away to public education uh, in the form of a free gift. So if your district needs additional fund, whether that be funds, for, whether that be for teacher salaries or you know anything the district may need, reach out to Ideal Impact. They've worked with over you know hundreds of districts in the in the great state of Texas, and and now they're working with districts around the U.S. So mm-hmm. uh, reach out to Ideal Impact. All right, we have our guest today. We have President Flippin from Hartwell University. President Flippin, thank you for joining us today. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me, and thanks for what you're doing to highlight great things going on in uh, education in Texas. Yes, yes. It, and we we love having guests on such as yourself that are just doing some amazing things in education. And before we get into that, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background, just so those listening in get to know you a little bit. Sure. Yeah, happy to do that. I'm, I uh, grew up in grew up in College Station. I'm a, I'm a fifth generation Texan and uh, and uh, went to Texas A&M University, had the opportunity to go to uh, Cornell uh, a few years later to get my MBA in entrepreneurship. And I've actually been an entrepreneur uh, most of my uh, career. But uh, a few years ago, uh, God really broke my heart for some things that uh, we were seeing with vulnerable children just struggling through uh, schools because there's this huge teacher shortage. And uh, and so I, I worked with a team to put together a plan on how we might address that. I'm, I'm also married to my high school sweetheart for 31 years. We've got four kids and a couple of grandbabies. And so just this is a great stage for us in our personal lives. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So your background is is very unique uh, versus some of the other guests we've had on. And all the all our guests have different backgrounds. And that's what makes kind of makes our guests so special is they come sure. in and they 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 share their perspective on education and, and some of the things they're doing to to, uh, you know, make a public ed amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's let's jump right into that. So. We talked previously about some of the things that that you guys are doing to to help teachers in school districts add additional value to mm-hmm. school districts, and so I don't want to steal your thunder. If you can, let's, sure. let's please please share share about that a little bit. I, I know those listening would love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know this won't be a surprise to uh, your listeners, but you know, five years ago or so, I was transitioning out of a missions effort actually in the country of Haiti and had the opportunity to come back to the U.S. and fly around, visit with school districts, and just catch up on what some of the challenges that they were facing. So this is in 2018, and so many school districts were just sharing how hard it was to fill teacher vacancies at the time. And of course, this is pre-pandemic, and we know what happened post-pandemic, you know, the challenge with staffing, you know, just really, you know, multiplied. And uh, and I remember sitting with one 
uh, superintendent in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, actually, and who just offhanded said, you know, but I'd, I could solve all these teacher shortages if I just had a path for my non-certified staff uh, to earn their teaching degree. And that, I, I, you know, stuck with me. And I thought, well, let me let me look into that a little bit. And so just to see how many how many, you know, teachers assistants, instructional assistants are there. You know, you guys probably know in Texas, there's about eighty eight thousand as uh, teachers assistants. And uh, and so I thought, well, let's let's do a survey and see, you know, how many of them want to earn their teaching degree and what are the barriers they're facing that are keeping that from happening. And uh, and so surprisingly, 95 percent or maybe not so surprisingly, uh, reported they do want to uh, become teachers, but they but they did face a consistent set of barriers um, um, and that comes from a lot of their life circumstances. Many, many of them are single parents. And so it, it shouldn't surprise us that the barriers of time and money are significantly limiting their ability to participate, right? It's like, I've got the heart. I've demonstrated the grit, we would say, you know, because most teacher's assistants have, you know, six plus years of experience. But I can't take time off because I've got to provide for my family. And I have real limited income. You know, the average teacher assistant in Texas makes $23,000. So that doesn't leave a lot for uh, for tuition. And so we thought, well, let's let's flip this upside down and say, what if the teacher's assistant was our ideal candidate for a, an education program? What would it take? What would we have to design into it for them to be successful? And that's what led to where Hartwell is today. Well, wow. yeah, I mean, I was a trustee for 10 years, school board trustee in a, in a small rural district. And we knew there was a teacher shortage, like you're saying, way before the pandemic. I think the pandemic brought it um, maybe to the general public to really understand it mm -hmm. and maybe for people to start thinking about it differently. And I think that's why I love this podcast with Gary, because he comes from the business world and I come from the education world. And I think Sometimes in education world, we just don't move fast enough. It, it, like we're afraid, I don't know if we're afraid. I don't know what, I don't want to overanalyze it because, but I just think in general, we just, it takes a long time. And the pandemic proved to us that we can make changes very, you know, quickly and effectively. I mean, some students, this is a little different than what we're talking about, but we, some students thrived with that setting others didn't so we but we we've been able to make lots of changes i think post pandemic so kudos to you for doing something about it before mm -hmm. pandemic mm -hmm. uh, i think that's it's, it's brilliant um i'm wondering so tell us more about state to state and are there trends you notice like is this all across the board that that, mm. that assistants um need this kind of thing or or we're like is it just sure. Because yeah. I only know Texas. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And and you mentioned before we hopped on that you're working through your uh, doctorate, and I uh, I had the opportunity to do part of my doctorate studies on the on the vacancy issue. Why are there vacancies? Why are there turnover? What has been tried to solve this issue? And and actually, people have been attempting this for thirty years all across the country. Thirty years worth of attempts to do it, and and it's everything from providing additional pay to providing better mentors or residency. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. 
And, uh, and there is pr a pretty strong consensus that grow your own because of the demonstrated experience in the classroom as the highest potential. Uh, but that, uh, again, those, those barriers that we mentioned keep that audience from, uh, from participating. And so I, I would definitely say it's a, it's a national issue. Uh, there's, some, there's some research that came out that said, you know, of the 3 million teachers that are in public schools right now, about 600,000 of them are, are not fully qualified. Uh, so we could say unqualified would be the, uh, the other way to say that. And, and, and as you know, I'd say historically, this was an issue for our marginalized, most vulnerable children. You know, the pandemic pushed it to all, you know, all children are in schools that are struggling with, with staffing. That's a great question, though. Now, President Flippin, your university is is unique, though. You know, it's, and I know we haven't got into that yet. Just kind of the specifics of it. Um, sure. Obviously, there's a lot of schools to choose from when it comes to, um, you know, getting getting that degree. Can you go into some of the details? Because, man, I, I was just really amazed when last time we talked about what y'all were doing um, to to kind of help speed things along and 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 eliminate some of those barriers. Because obviously, when you think about getting getting a degree, it's like, okay, well, how much time, you know, you know, I got to travel, I got kids, I got, mm -hmm. you know, how, how much does that cost? You know, who's going to pay for that? It, it's, mm -hmm. there's, there's all those hurdles you got to jump over to, to actually get the degree. Mm -hmm. um, but y'all have a solution to that as well. I'd love that for you to share that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it is known that a residency approach is the strongest, highest level of preparation that you can get, Right. And so we thought, well, well, paraprofessionals, teachers assistants are in residency, right? And so why not have the, the curriculum components of our program be 100% online so that we can distribute them in an asynchronous way using you know, qualified previous K-12 educators, you know, that are content experts uh, so that you know, in an ideal world, a paraprofessional comes home at night, puts their kids in bed, hops online, does some co coursework that, that they can then turn around the next day and apply into the classroom setting that they're teaching. You know, and we know that Blooms talks about, you know, this higher level of application, you know, leads to higher levels of learning. And so this, this model has this kind of ideal elements to make, you know, the path accessible, right, and applicable, the affordability piece was really, uh, for us, a key element, right? We can do all these things, but if it costs too much, you know, it won't work. And so, you know, we were very intentional about the way that we built our processes so that, you know, 80% of our students pay $44 a credit hour, $111, that's paid $111 a month to earn their full 120 credit hour degree if they need you know, that many credits. They can transfer 60 credits to us if they need to. Um, and so that takes away that barrier, right? And we kind of backed into that. We said, you know, what's a what's a cell phone bill cost? Is there a way for us to have our degree program affordable that's still self-sustaining, you know, as an organization uh, from our side, right? That Hartwell can self-sustain on tuition. But think about the opportunity that opens up. How many, and we, we, we answered this question through the survey, right? How many of those paraprofessionals can afford $111 a month? Well, 50% said that was their number. 
Well, that gives us access to 40, you know, 44,000, you know, paraprofessionals in Texas that say they can afford that path. So that's been really exciting for us. Yeah, that's, that's super exciting. I mean, you think about it, if you're a school district and you're trying to attract more teachers, you just have to pay $111 a month and you could fund the education for, for the teacher, right? Is, am, am I following Good. that? You could. I mean, we, we encourage schools to reimburse uh, students by, you know, based on performance so that we've got, you know, us incentives aligned. Um, you know what, what's been, what's been most fascinating to us though, is that solving the time and money barrier actually didn't release this huge flood of students. And you won't be surprised to know that there was actually a third barrier, not so obvious, that uh, the self-doubt barrier, mm -hmm. that that is the real barrier to solving this. And Corinne, I see you smiling. Uh, well, I, every time we do this podcast, I, I'm like, don't want to cry, don't want to get emotional. And it happens almost every time. Mm -hmm. I, I was wondering that. Like, I, I was wondering what, it just, it's almost like, uh, and so mm. I was a single mom for a while and went back to school mm. and you can borrow money. I mean, and, and you you can borrow a lot of money to go back to school. And, and I actually think it's, it's not a bad idea sometimes to invest in yourself. You know, I mean, it, it'd be great if it, if it doesn't cost money, but, but so the, the money piece can, to me, can be argued one way or the other. Uh, the the time, if you're working full time and can't get away, but I think I'm glad you said that about the confidence piece. I'm almost fifty, and sometimes I I struggle with my own confidence, mm -hmm. and I'm a pretty accomplished person. And I, so I, what is, what happens then if you are in a classroom and you don't maybe you don't feel quite equipped or you know you are and there's these other barriers like I, i'm just glad you mentioned that I, mm -hmm. I wonder if you can go a little deeper into how you mm -hmm. how, what is there there's got to be a really good story in there of someone there's who the, so <laughs> you know and it's a it's um it's a it's a it's heartbreaking in a sense but there's a very simple solution which is so beautiful and so I'm so I'm, I'm thankful that we get we get to talk about this. You know, we tell ourselves stories that aren't true. You know, and when we faced hardships, you know, when we when and I haven't been in, you know, in a single parent position, but sometimes those circumstances come about through really difficult times that that try to write on us a negative view about what we're capable of. And uh, and so when we were we were wrestling with this, I had the opportunity to visit with one of our advisors, Dr. Lily Cox, and she said, you know, Matthew, there's actually a ton of research that says that women especially will not nominate themselves for opportunities. So you need someone to nominate them. Mm. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So we started reaching out to school districts saying you got this great pool of people. They've got what it takes, but they don't know it. So if you, as a campus leader, who is a trusted uh, person of authority, will nominate them to, to consider pursuing their teaching degree, it'll, it'll overcome a significant amount of that doubt and fear. And so our participation went from like 2 or 3% to 60%. 
this huge difference by someone saying, Corinne, I see in you the potential to be this great, impactful educator. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm crying. I, 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 for our, for our listeners, I think it's important for them to know we never, we don't know what we're going to talk about. We invite our guests. We, we ask you to talk about, you know, your background. Gary does a really great job of, of kind of just starting that off. And then we never know. So for our guests, we have, I had no idea <laughs> that we were going to get to a topic like this today. And I'm, I just, I'm so thankful that you, you mentioned that because a couple of years ago, I was able to do a TEDx talk at my university and I made a point to talk about that research that for female superintendents along the way, they, someone, almost every, every story, someone came along and said, I see a new leadership. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we have to, as, as leaders, if we are not looking and saying, look, I, I know that you might not see yourself this way, but I see you this way. I'll help you. Mm-hmm. Would you like me with your resume? Would you like me to help you? If we did that for everyone, what a what a beautiful world we would mm-hmm. be in. And mm-hmm. I, I I think that so I'm yeah, I'm like kind of speechless. I can't yeah. well and you know and so and and I and I know that you're this this audience listening are in positions of power. Mm-hmm. And so what you know my my challenge is if you're facing a leadership void, you're facing a, a teacher void, a staffing void, you need to be going around and using your words to speak life and vision into the people around you because you actually have the power to solve this or have a significant impact on this. It's, of course, it takes a community effort, but you but you hold the key. Next, and, and you're the, actually the only one that can unlock this overcoming doubt, doubt and fear. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I love working in higher ed. That's why I, I'm not a K-12 teacher. I work in, at a university. It is absolutely amazing to me when I see a student who lets me know they're struggling and I walk through that with them and start asking some questions. And then I'll ask about their grades. I might say, so how are your grades? And they're like, oh, I'm getting straight A's. And I'm like, okay. And like, and then you start asking other questions and you find out sometimes they just don't feel like colleges for them. And so it has nothing to do with what I would think would be a barrier. Like, cause to me, math and, and the statistics are they're, they're a huge barrier to my learning. So glad I don't take any more stats classes. Um, and so then you realize, like you start thinking this, I can speak life to this person. I know they belong here. I see the potential in them. I can't help them with their statistics homework, but I, I can encourage them. And when you when you see that, and it happens over and over and over again in the classroom with teachers, um, there's so we have story to story on our podcast a few weeks ago, where the the student was said he was he was not he was kind of a troublemaker. He was not making it easy for the teacher at all. That teacher just kept pressing and kept loving him. And that's what it is. It's love. It just kept sure. showing love. So. Yeah, this is beautiful. I'm, I totally need a tissue. I need someone in my family to bring me a tissue. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned that student, Corinne. Um, so we have, a, we have a lot of guests that come on and talk about these transformational stories related to students, right? They, they come into a school district and they don't realize their potential, but we don't realize our own potential either, right? As adults. So a lot of times, you know, maybe it was a parent growing up or maybe it was some experience with a boss or, 
whatever, right? So we have all these limiting beliefs. And so, I mean, I think that's a great point of, of uh, you know, I mean, we as adults need to have a growth mindset as well. And, and exactly. mm -hmm. so that, yeah, that's a very, very powerful message for the, for mm -hmm. those listening in. I mean, we, you know, there's, we have, we have a lot of, a lot of potential. So, um, well, I, I know we're running short on time and, um, you know, we just have 20 minutes for these podcasts, but uh, what's the best way for a school district to get in touch with you uh, to learn more about your programs? Sure. Uh, through our uh, website would be great, uh, hartwell-education.org, or, uh, uh, or feel free to reach out to me uh, directly, matthew.flippin at hartwell-education.org, and we'd love to, love to be able to serve any way we can. I mean, we're really about partnering to, you know, to help empower paraprofessionals to become great teachers in children's lives, because, you know, we know that our, our teachers are critical to helping our children reach the potential that, you know, that's in each of them. So thanks again for allowing me to be part of what you guys are doing. Absolutely. We love to have you as a guest. And for those listening in, um, if you're, this is a way to really differentiate your district, add a lot of value and change people's lives. So uh, definitely reach out to, to Hartwell university and, um, just thank you again. Thank you, Corinne, for being an amazing co-host. And before we close out, we do want to give a final shout out to our sponsor, Ideal Impact. By the way, if that $100 a month is difficult, Ideal Impact can provide the funding to help you cover the cost for probably for several teachers. Uh, <laughs> more than that, actually. So uh, reach out to Ideal Impact if the funding piece is, is uh, the, the missing ingredient to, to making this happen. Um, and so we thank our sponsor there. And for those that have been tuning in, stay tuned for future episodes of the Educational Leadership Podcast.